0: Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 1 Thessalonians. Today is episode 370. We're looking at 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 1 through 8. Let's read our passage. Additionally, then, brothers and sisters, we ask and encourage you in the Lord Jesus that as you have received instruction from us on how you should live and please God, As you are doing, do this and even more. For you know what commands we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is God's will, your sanctification, that you keep away from sexual immorality, that each of you knows how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not with lustful passions like the Gentiles who don't know God. This means one must not transgress against and take advantage of a brother or sister in this manner. Because the Lord is an avenger of all these offenses, as we also previously told and warned you. For God has not called us to impurity, but to live in holiness. Consequently, anyone who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who gives you his Holy Spirit. This is Paul's letter to the church in Thessalonica during his second missionary journey. Paul is in Corinth, and Timothy has come to him after a visit to. Thessalonica and has given him a report. And Paul is sharing with them that he was very concerned about their faith, very concerned that the the persecution that they were enduring and the criticism against him might cause people to fall away. But based on Timothy's report, he's happy for how they're doing. He's commended them that they're staying with the faith, that they are continuing in the instruction he's given them. Now, these last two chapters, chapter four and five, are more of a practical application of how to live as a follower of Christ. Now, it's tailored for them in their situation, but generally, it's applicable to everybody in every situation, as as we'll see today, if we uh, just look at what he's really saying and, and challenging them. The problem is, most of them are. Gentiles. That is, they're not Jews. They're coming from a a background of of paganism. And so the the cultural norms for them following Christ are a sharp contrast. Whereas in our polite society that we're familiar with, we all kind of know what right and wrong is, even though we may not be doing it, even though our society's shifting further away. To come to Christ, there's not a sudden change in what's right and wrong, what's normal. It is for some people, but uh, it, it is a big shock for many of these Gentiles to come to Christ and now have some challenges about morality given to them. So let's dive in. In verse 1 of chapter 4 he says, additionally then, so this is, he, he's followed up the arguments about the Jewish persecutors are trying to lead them astray. and Now he's just going to give them some practical advice. So additionally to all that stuff I talked about before, now here's some more bonus material. Additionally then, brothers and sisters, we ask and encourage you in the Lord Jesus Christ that as you have received instruction from us on how you should live and please God as you are doing, do this and even more. So he's bringing it back to we've given you instructions on how to live and how to live in a way that you please God. So we've already given you that instruction, but we're adding that, reinforcing that. So uh, we can give you some additional instruction or just repeat the instruction we've already given you. He says, as you are doing. So he said, you're doing it. You're doing it. But then he challenges, do this even more. So he's saying, you're basically doing it, but you can always do better. And we always can do better. We're always in a a process of growing as we follow Christ. Now, the topics he specifically chooses, I'm sure some of it's just general, applicable to anyone, anywhere, anytime, but some of it's also probably applicable to the culture they are in, in Greece in the first century, and then some specifically for their specific setting in Thessalonica. Timothy has just come to him, and I'm sure Timothy has said, these are the areas they need some work in. These are the areas they're struggling in. These are the areas that need to be commended on. So verse 2, he says, For you know what commands we gave you through the Lord Jesus Christ. So it sounds like what he's telling them is not new stuff, but just the stuff that is important that they need to work on. We gave you commands when we were there. We explained basic Christian morality, but here it is again. Verse 3, For this is God's will. Let's pause right there. Often, we used to talk, I wonder what God's will is for my life. And, And we hear people talk about that this way, but too often we scoot over these aspects of, like right here, Paul says, this is God's will. We're always looking for God's will when it comes to big decisions. But how often do we skip over God's will for just basic life? So all, everything is here. He says, this is the will of God. Do this. Follow the Lord this way. He says, for this is God's will, your sanctification. Now, This is the key to the stuff that's following it now is sanctification. Now, sanctification is a churchy word, but we don't really have a better word for it. The word here, the Greek word is hagiosmos that basic root there spills over a lot. And the basic root is the word holy. So we see holy a few more times here in our passage we're looking at today. It says sanctification. That's the the Greek word hagiosmos. Down in in verse 4, he says control your own body in holiness. That's the, the Greek word hagiosmo. It's the exact same except for... A s S on the end, but it's really the same word. It's just used in a slightly different tense where one's a, a nominative case, the other's a, a dative case. And so it's just how it's used in the sentence. It's the same word. Similarly, down in verse seven, called us to, not call us to impurity, but to live in holiness. It's the same word. And then in verse eight, we talked about the Holy Spirit. It's the same root word, hagion. Holy Spirit, to see a theme here. There's a theme here about what what is God's will. It's first to be holy, to live holy lives. So we use the word sanctification, and it's the the same word as holiness in verse 4 and verse 7. The same root word for Holy Spirit in verse 8. In fact, when Paul talks about the saints, the, the, the Greek word there is hagioi, which is the plural of those who are called holy. So uh, holiness is is the big deal. That's the central theme here. This is God's will for you to be holy. Grow in holiness. We call that sanctification. What is sanctification? That is the process of being drawn to God and being conformed to be more like God. God. As we follow Christ, we're told to become more like Christ. That's what sanctification is. And the word sanctification, is it's the same word that gets translated as holiness. So it's important to keep that central here. All the other stuff, we want to analyze the rules that he's kind of given us. The, the point's not the rules. That's just painting the picture. The bottom line here is sanctification. Growing in holiness. Then he explains in words kind of what that looks like. Not to get too caught up in the grammar of it, because I'm uh, going way beyond my expertise when I start talking about grammar. But he uses three series of infinitives. And the infinitive of a verb is to act. So for the, the verb act, the infinity is to act. And so there's some infinities here. And what that does is there's no paragraphs or even sentence markings in the uh, Greek writing. But these provide some framework to, to understand the breakdown of the letter for those that are reading it. So God's will is your sanctification that you keep away from sexual immorality. So the first infinitive here is keep away So there's a clue here, okay, as he's talking, these categories of what sanctification looks like. The first one is to keep away. Keep away from what? Well, from sexual immorality. He doesn't explain what that looks like, but does he really need to? Especially for us. It actually would be harder for them in their situation because certain things that would be abhorrent to polite society for us would be pretty much normal for them. So, you know, when we're looking at this, well, well, what's sexual immorality? We know what sexual immorality is. We know what it is. We don't have to have any pictures painted for us, but the challenge growing in holiness is to keep away from that. Then in verse four, that each of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not with lustful passions like the Gentiles who don't know God. This is the second infinitive, to know. So the first infinitive, To keep away, keep away from sexual immorality. The second infinity, to know. To know what? How to control your body, specifically in holiness. What's the difference? it may not be much of a difference. And that's where the the point here is not the specific issues for each of this, but the, the general pattern, holiness. So holiness is keeping away from sexual immorality, what you do. But holiness is you know how to control your own body in holiness, in honor. With the, the negative aspect there, not with the lustful passions like the Gentiles who don't know God. And they say, hey, he's talking to Gentiles here. When well, he's in there were Gentiles. Remember, he's coming from his own Jewish background. So Gentiles would be the, the general term for people who don't know God. Then verse 6. This means one must not transgress against and take advantage of a brother or sister in this manner. Let's pause right there. There's actually two verb infinitives here. Not transgress and take advantage. But they're right together in a pair, so we can take them as a single, but this provides another thought capsule within this passage here. So, keep away from sexual immorality. No, have control your own body. And then, do not transgress or take advantage of a brother or sister in this manner. Because the Lord's avenger of all these offenses, as we also previously told and warned you. The point being that God's in control of all this. God knows what's going on. God's keeping track of everything and and nothing is hidden from him. Sexual morality uh, is a big thing. And how you treat one another is a big thing. Those things are so intrinsically tied to holiness. Now, is this an exhaustive list of everything? No, no. He's just give them some practical applications. So these are issues that they need to worry about. Issues we need to worry about, but specifically for them are, are big deals. Then it kind of brings it back to the, the high-level theme here in verse 7. For God has not called us to impurity, but to live in holiness. See this theme, holiness. Then verse 8, consequently, anyone who rejects this does not reject man but God, who gives you his Holy Spirit. And the word holy there, the Holy Spirit guides us in holiness. And these aren't rules from men, rules from people. So if you're violating these rules, you're upsetting people, you might be. But what's really the big deal is you're upsetting the Holy Spirit. The theme here of holiness, practical application for following God, for living as a child of God and a follower of Jesus Christ is holy holiness. And what does holiness mean? We call it sanctification, growing in holiness that is being transformed to be more and more like Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through First Thessalonians.